Hello and welcome to COS Live. You can watch the original video broadcast live on Tuesdays at 6 p.m. Eastern on either the Convention of States Facebook page or the Convention of States Project YouTube channel. Visit conventionofstates.com slash pod to learn more. And now, here's COS Live. Well, hello, Convention of States supporters, and welcome back to another episode of COS Live. My name is Andrew Woodruff. I'll be your host for this episode. Of course, I'm joined by the lovely Rita Peters, our Senior Vice President of Legislative Affairs. Rita, how are you doing? I'm doing great. It's an exciting summer. It is an exciting summer. It's pretty hot as well. And you know what's also hot is the inflation because it's the worst that it's been in decades. So who is to blame? Um, we will discuss a, the results of a new scientific poll that was conducted by Convention of States Action and the Trafalgar Group. Plus, we're going to go to an interview from the Convention of States volunteer from Oklahoma who escaped inflation and socialism from Brazil. He is raising the alarm of why socialism would be terrible here in the United States and why inflation is just a just a taste of what is going to come if we continue down this road. But of course, we have our R5 trivia giveaway with COS Ruthenberg. Mike, take it away. All right. Thank you, Andrew. It's the start of another day of Facebook Live. I'm glad to be here with you guys. Good to see you, Rita. And today we have a great trivia question. But first, you should know that we're going to give away this great T-shirt, Term Limits Now. And it's amazing how many people stop me and say, oh, term limits. We need term limits. And it's a great conversation starter. And it's available right now in the Convention of States store. And all you need to do is go to shopconventionofstates.com and you can find this Term Limits Now shirt, or you can be the very first one to answer our trivia question day and we'll send you one in the right size for you. And the trivia question today revolves around some great supporters of the idea of a convention of states. And for many of you who have been around a while, all the way back to 2013, you might remember this book, The Liberty Amendments by Mark Levin. This book outlines 11 amendments. First of all, the reasons why we should have a convention of states to propose amendments. And there's 11 common sense amendments in this book. It's a great book to read. I highly recommend it, of course. And he's our biggest champion, Mark Levin. As a matter of fact, probably all but two of those amendments that are suggested in there could be germane to our call for a convention. It's very exciting. And there's another, this is the heart of our trivia question. There is another author that uh, was written by an economist, a 20th century thinker who also wrote a best-selling book that offered several amendments that would unleash the American economy and would also be germane under our legislation. How handy is that? So here's my question. What 20th century economist wrote the Article 5 convention supporting book other than, of course, the Liberty Amendments? And as a matter of fact, the title of the book is called Free to Choose. What is the name of that author and who is that great man? I'll be back later to give you the answer and hopefully you're the one that wins this great t-shirt. We'll see you guys soon. Thanks, Mike. Well, if it seems like things are getting worse, it's because they are. Inflation has skyrocketed since the uh, since Biden took office. Uh, and according to a new poll from Convention of States Action and the Trafalgar Group, 39% of all Americans blame President, uh, President Biden for inflation. 17.7% blame former President Trump and 144 
blame the current Congress. And then we have a quote from Mark Meckler. He says, on a wide range of issues that hit home for and impact everyday Americans, from the border to COVID-19 policy to inflation, current leadership in Washington is not is not only getting it wrong, they're focused on issues that only DC elites care about. Oh boy, ain't that the truth? And DC doesn't pay the price. We do, said Mark Meckler. He continues, we're continuing our work in states across America to advance agenda items that help real people solve real problems. The swamp has demonstrated a, a consistent inability to care about making our lives better, which is why we want to increase the focus on taking strong leadership in our own backyards. Now, these these polls, they shift based on party affiliation, you know, whether it's Republicans or, or Democrats. But there's one poll. There's one part that's really interesting and in that independents and Republicans agree that it's the Biden administration that is at fault from this inflation. Nearly 36% of independents say Biden is at fault and 31% say Congress, 17% say former President Trump. Nearly 28% of Democrats say former President um, Trump is to blame and 28 say, uh, say Congress is to blame. And then only 22% say Biden is to blame for the inflation. But here's the interesting part. 65% of the GOP say Biden is to blame. That is a huge chunk with 17% blaming Congress. Rita, as a constitutional attorney, how do you, what do you make of these polls? Well, they're unsurprising, <laughs> really. It's no wonder that Americans feel that way. According to a top economist under former President Barack Obama, mm -hmm. the policies of the Biden administration are directly leading to higher prices and a serious labor shortage. Federal meddling in the economy has finally come home to roost. And as Mark Meckler points out, everyday Americans are the ones paying the price for that. Enough is enough, right? Americans shouldn't have to worry that Washington, D.C. will tank a rising economy. They shouldn't have to worry about heavy-handed economic policies, and they shouldn't have to worry that the next president or the next Congress will run their businesses into the ground. It's time for a convention of states. An Article Five convention of states is called and controlled by the states and has the power to propose constitutional amendments. These amendments can limit the power, scope, and jurisdiction of the federal government and prohibit the feds from all this meddling in the economy. We, the people, drive the economy, us and our businesses. It's not the federal government. So if you want to put everyday Americans back in the driver's seat, sign the Convention of States petition at conventionofstates.com. And our next guest has a personal story when it comes to socialist policies in other countries where he is for, where he has experienced firsthand economic turmoil. Diogo Pagliano, who is a volunteer with Convention of States, Oklahoma. Diogo, how are you doing today? Very well. Yeah, thanks for inviting me. Of course. Well, I want to jump right into my very first question. Um, you are an American citizen, but you were not born here. Tell us a little bit of your story, uh, where you were born and why did you decide to leave or why did you decide to leave to come to America? Sure. Um, so I was actually born and raised in South America, in Brazil. Um, and um, um, I went to school in Europe, um, mostly Germany, Germany and France. 
Um, it was a great time and I learned a lot there. I studied political science uh, and international relations and management. Um, but I realized that um, America is the last place really on earth that, um, that we're able to um, live and fight for you know, our, 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 the, the traditional values of, of this civilization, of the Western civilization, uh, which is ironic given the fact that uh, for thousands of years, um, you know, Western civilization was centered in around Europe, um, but the decaying values, um, you know, from both a, um, a economic perspective with socialism uh, but also, uh, and most importantly, on a cultural level, um, uh, with you know all kinds of modernist, um, you know, uh, ideological diseases. Um, really, it's it, the United States is the the last place where we can still fight. And so, I came here five years ago, um, um, and uh, um, and probably became a U.S. citizen last year. That's really interesting. And, you know, your comments remind me of something President Ronald Reagan once said, something like, if we lose freedom here, there's nowhere else to run. This is the last stand on earth. So I'm wondering, are there things that you witnessed in Brazil or Germany in society or in government that you can see creeping into American society today? Absolutely, absolutely. So, um, you know, it's 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 two instances, but they go hand in hand. It's uh, economics and culture, right? Um, we know that politics is downstream of, of culture, um, so it starts there with you know kind of this modernist um, idea um, that you know we need to um, free ourselves from everything, starting with. Uh, really, centuries ago, with with the king, um, you know, America was founded upon liberal values. Um, um, but then, um, you know, America was also founded on. Um, there was no doubt at the beginning of the republic that it was a Christian country, right? And and the idea was, you know, this constitution, this 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 polity, the structure of the government. Um, is, is, is minimal and is simple um, so that, you know, everyone can live really um, their moral lives. Uh, what, what we see in Europe and, and, and other parts of the world, uh, to a lesser extent in Brazil, is, is a total decaying culture, um, a, a radical, um, um, a, a radical uh, defense of... Um, failed um, ideologies uh, that have been with humanity forever, like Edenism, um, like relativism, you know, the belief that, um, you know, you should just have pleasure and they're all cultures are the same. There's no differences. There's no right and wrong. Um, you know, in your book, Rita, you talk about how relativism is, is a problem. And, and, you know, we, we talk about it in here in the United States, we see these, this decay, in many spheres of our culture uh, here in the U.S., media, um, universities, and other institutions, 
but out there in Europe, um, it's 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 much. It's not you know. Um, it's not just in certain spaces. It's everywhere. Um, I was shocked. I remember when one of my good friends from school, from university, uh, one of my classmates, who called himself and is uh, a Christian, um, and yet he. It's not that he was. Um, defending relativism. It's beyond that. Relativism for him wasn't just a concept. He simply had internalized it to such a great degree because he was born in a culture that generations ago adopted these values that he could not understand the concept of truth. He couldn't. Um, and that was that was a smart guy. Um, and you know, it's 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 crazy to us uh, to to imagine that because even um, the most radical, um, uh, you know, theorists here in America seem to still grasp what they are fighting against, what they want to destroy, which is our traditional, you know, Judeo-Christian values. Um, in Europe, they don't even understand their own roots anymore. And that is the saddest thing. Mm. So then tell us, why did you decide to join Convention of States here in the States? And how did you, how did you hear about it? How did you come across Convention of States? Sure, yeah, I've been asked a lot how I he heard about it, and a, a lot of people heard from uh, radio um, uh, commentators um, and others. Honestly, I don't know. I heard about Convention of States years ago, certainly somewhere online um, back in 2018. Um, I, I hadn't um, gotten, gotten engaged very much uh, with with the organization because I was not a US citizen yet um, even though you know I believed in those values and I came to America because of the of, you know the values the traditional American values what I like about the Convention of States is that um, it's a group that is looking at the, those two facets that I talked about so on one hand uh, you know looking to restore America from you know from a political perspective, restoring the Republic as it was um, envisioned by our founding fathers, right? So a, a um, weak federal government and then many different states that have the power to decide and, you know, really the power is as close as possible to the people. Um, and, you know, we even had examples back in the day of the founding of, of, of you know, initial days of the Republic of people who disagreed with their state or who were persecuted and then they went and formed different state, you know, started state, started different states. Uh, that was beautiful and that's something that we fight for. But at the same time, the Convention of States movement um, project is a, it's a grassroots movement that is not just looking at that end goal, that end, that political end goal, but looking, you know, as well to create a discussion, create a debate at the grassroots level so that everyone gets engaged and starts discussing about, you know, what are the values, what are the, you know, critical elements of our culture that we want to, um, that we want to um, maintain, right, that, that we want to conserve. Um, so I, I, I find that real, really important and that's why I, I joined. A convention of states, we know that elections are really important, but we also understand that they have their limitations. They can only do so much. And that's because the system itself, the structure, 
has been broken over the years by an activist out of control judiciary, by the deep state bureaucrats and career politicians. So I'm wondering when we get to 34 states and get to convention, what solutions do you hope would come out of our convention of the states? Thank you, Rita. So, um, you know, the convention of states really, the way it's proposed is very limited. Um, and it's, it's, it's all about giving more freedom to individuals. The bigger the citizens, or, or rather, the smaller the federal government, the bigger the citizens, the more power we have in our hands. And so uh, this proposal is really limited legal proposal to allow uh, the states to take back that power, um, uh, create um, uh, certain uh, rules like um, um, limitations and mandates um, and uh, you know uh, limitations in spending uh, so that the federal government has less power. But the most important thing I think, and this is gonna be the process to get into that convention and also um, the amazing um, uh, cultural phenomenon that the convention itself will be, um, is, is the impact that it will have on culture, right? The discussion that is gonna be, what is the soul of America, right? Um, and I'm very optimistic because this country, like I said, was founded on liberal values. If you think about it, there's no other place on earth that was um, that has values like the pluribus unum, right? I can only have become an American because of this value. I could never become a German, uh, even though legally there are some. Uh, it's very hard, much harder than in the U.S. for you to even legally become a citizen in some of these countries. In some of them, it's impossible. Um, and so um, it, it's, not about, it's not about bringing America back to this 18th century, but, you know, it's reminding Americas of, Americans of the values for which we stand. And I'm very optimistic because these values are very much alive in the memories, um, even though they're, you know, a little buried in some cases, but they're still here. The American dream is still here. Um, and, and more and more we see that the people who really value um, these, uh, these ideas um, are feeling like they are a minority here, um, unfortunately. Um, but um, so was, so was the minority that founded this country. They had to leave, they had to start a new country, they, they had to fight for it. And so um, I think this message of, 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 it has to be a message of hope. Mm. Right now, there seems to be a uh, rising tide um, within, within the United States that is crying out for uh, institutional change. And a lot of that institutional change is kind of hovers around um, socialism and socialistic ideas, um, such as free healthcare, uh, free tuition, um, and you know the Green New Deal, for example. There's just uh, multiple facets of of, of th this idea of changing the institutions within the United States. So, looking back at your previous experience living in Brazil, living in Germany, why do you think ideas like that? Why do you think socialism? is a dangerous uh, path to go along. So um, it's very clear that socialism doesn't work. Um, it's, it's, 
it's 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 funny to me that you know we are even having that conversation. Should we have socialism or not? It has never worked anywhere. It doesn't work. Um, and the reason it doesn't work is that um, the value of things, the value of a you know candy bar, is 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 not something that you can calculate based on the inherent. Um, quality of that product. A lot of people don't understand that. And, and, and I get that it sounds complicated, but I'll break it down. Um, you can, for every product that you have in the world, uh, whether it's food or painting, um, the value of that object can only be determined by the subject. It's the subject value that you or me or anyone who wants to have it, uh, will pay for it. Um, it's, you know, a painter can spend a hundred hours on a painting, but it can be worth nothing or, you know, a writer on a book. So it's not the work um, that you put into that that will determine the value. Um, it's, it's how much it's going to enhance someone else's life. Um, for me, I'm happy to pay whatever I do, $1.50 for uh, a candy bar because I love sweets uh, and it's definitely going to be worth it because if I would try to do it with my own hands, it wouldn't be as good. Uh, so I think it's a bargain for me. Uh, and for the company that produces that, it's also a bargain for them. And so we can freely trade. Uh, my $1.50 is so worth, you know, that, 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 that candy bar is so worth my $1.50 that I can gain through my own expertise in my own life. Uh, so that that's the beauty of free trade. With socialism, you have the concept of a lot of people frame it as, oh, conservatives don't want to have socialism because they are greedy and they don't want to pay for others. It's not about that. It's the concept that you can operate an economy without that free trade, right? The concept that you can have experts uh, that will calculate the value of each thing. Um, that will sit in DC or sit in you know whatever offices, and they will determine that you know what is it that you want to have for lunch? What is it that you know should we produce more apples or bananas? Should we have more uh, students that study medicine or um, you know law or whatever? And it never works, and that's why you know all the countries that have tried have failed. Hmm. Have two, two two kinds of countries: those that really um, implemented it, like the Soviet Union, Cuba, North Korea, uh, many African countries. Um, and then you have countries such as Western Europe and, and most of Latin America uh, that, that have implemented socialist policies um, that, that are also failed, that have also failed. And so there is a, a, a myth that, um, you know, socialism didn't work in certain areas because it wasn't properly implemented. Um, that if we look at, you know, Denmark or Sweden or, you know, Germany, um, we'll see good examples of socialism. But the truth is, right now, Germany's having a debate about raising the, the uh, retirement age and reforming their health systems and things like that. The truth is, in the long run, all of these systems go bankrupt. Um, so, you know, for me, it's laughable that we even have a discussion about that. Um, economically, it doesn't work. It's very clear. Um, unfortunately, that's how it is. I, I would love to have you know 
free stuff. Someone has to pay for it. The government doesn't generate any money. It, it's always, you know, it just collects from others um, and, and, and distributes. And if you start doing that, uh, people will just get lazy and stop producing. And so this was a long answer to just get to the core of your question. What are the experiences that I've seen that affect, you know, that convince me of all of that? Well, I've lived in, you know, Germany. I have great friends there. It's a great country. There are many aspects of the society there that are still free. Um, for example, you have the Autobahn, the, the great freeway system, uh, and the majority of which there's, you, you can drive as fast as you want. Uh, it's a silly example, but, you know, in the lives of Germans, you still have a freedom of religion, freedom of speech, um, not to the same extent as in America, but it's still, it's still there. However, um, in the economic sphere, you can really see how socialism has um, affected them. Um, and the reason for it is that everyone earns the same um, virtually, um, um, and it's obviously not a lot. So everyone is poor together. Um, you have exceptions. It's not that I'm saying that there are no rich people in Germany. There's always exceptions. Uh, typically, those rich people are the ones that are close to the government and have friends. You know, it's it's like a system of crony capitalism. Um, but the majority of people, they are sort of enslaved uh, by this system because you can't just say, oh, I'm going to move to another state. I'm going to move to another country. You don't have any money because you depend from that government. Um, your retirement, your livelihood, your vacations, your health, everything depends, from, you know, it's dependent of the system, right? Um, and so it's very sad. I realized I couldn't stay there in long term. Uh, first, because of the culture, we talked about it. Long term is not sustainable. Um, you know, it's, it's a culture of hedonism, of, you know, um, really um, what I call intellectual diseases. Um, but then this, the socialist system, I knew that if I had stayed there, you know, I, I was there for eight years. If I was there for 20 years or 30 years, I would never be able to leave because I would have, you know, no money. I would depend on the German state. I would have to stay there forever. Mm. Uh, and that prospect was just a nightmare to me. Mm. Well, I really appreciate hearing your perspective from, you know, as someone who has witnessed it firsthand, why socialism is a disaster. So thank you for that. Diego, why do you think it is that so many young people in America seem to not understand or appreciate how special what we have in America really is? Yeah, so that's that's the great question. So why is the country turning, you know, why, why are we not, you know, fighting for these traditional values, Western civilization, the values upon which the Western civilization was founded? And the reason is because it's hard. Those values um, are values of working hard, of fighting for your freedom, you know, the freedom and all the rights that we have in our constitutions, in our constitution, they were not, you know, once set and done. You, from the very beginning, you had to fight for them. And so I think what happened is twofold. First, uh, we've become spoiled. Uh, it's very easy to take for granted what we have. Um, you know that, with, you know, we, a lot of people realize that. 
Um, and then the other, it's human nature to want um, to, you know, to, to have vices. Um, you want to be lazy and you want to, it's easier to not have to work and ask for money from the government. Um, it's, it's, and you know, it's not, I'm not saying everyone that is, you know, um, pro, you know, pro-socialism is lazy. Many of them, you know, work really hard and many of them are actually are very rich. Um, but um, it's, it's, it's the concept that, you know, you can form a paradise on earth. It's the idea that we don't need to have any homeless. We don't need to have anyone go hungry. We don't need to have any diseases. We can end all of that if we give the power to the government. And, you know, I also am for ending, you know, disease and ending poverty and having the best health system in the world and, and all of that. Um, but I can't, you know, accept the fantasy because it's not going to work. What's going to happen is you're going to give up all this power. Um, it's economically unfeasible. Um, and then you're going to have a, 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 a culture. And that's, that's, that's the, the answer to your question is our, in our culture, we've forgotten what brought us here, which is, you know, hard labor. It's, um, it's, it's free enterprise. It's a free market. Um, not only, of, of, of goods and services, but of, of ideas, right? And so the free speech, um, all those values that allow the civilization to thrive. Um, and I don't think those values are necessarily universal or we don't need to be exporting them. And um, uh, because for some civilizations, some countries are based on other values and other civilizations and uh, they don't work as well, but you know, let them do their thing. Uh, but here, that those are the values that work best here that allowed us to, you know, have the most, you know, economically and technologically advanced civilization on Earth. Um, and that works for most people. Um, and so, you know, for us to have less poverty and less uh, and better health and better education, we need to restore those values. Uh, unfortunately, our education system is also broken and keeps teaching uh, the ideas that are not American, that are really imported uh, from places like Germany, like I used to live, like France, um, you know, and so um, it's, it's unfortunate that we are importing these ideas and also generating some really un-American theories like uh, critical race theory um, and all the other branches, uh, you know, current branches of, of Marxism. So, Diego, uh, your state, Oklahoma, was the seventh state to pass the COS resolution, which would propose term limits, uh, fiscal restraints, and also limitations on federal overreach. Why do you think it's important to continue activism and building a grassroots army within Oklahoma as we work towards that 34-state threshold to get to a convention? Great, extremely important. Anyone who thinks, oh, my state, we already passed a convention, nothing else to do or ask, not pass the convention, pass the legisl legislation that will call for a convention. Um, that's not true because it's not just about having this convention and then once we have it, it's all, you know, the, the world is going to be perfect or the country is going to be saved. Um, it's what I, it's what I was talking about. It's, 
you know, remembering what are the values that we need to restore, that we need to maintain, that we need to conserve, right? What are the institutions and what are the values? And so um, it's great that Oklahoma passed it, that we have many, many states that passed um, this legislation, but it's important for us to continue the fight to build uh, a stronger uh, grassroots movement here um, um, so that when we get to the convention, we know what we want and we have that broader conversation with our fellow citizens. It's also important because even though we are in Oklahoma, uh, as we continue this conversation, will affect other states as well. We'll engage in conversations. You know, now we live in a digital world, right? I'm sitting here in my house having a conversation with you. Sounds obvious, but this is powerful. This is very powerful. And so we need to continue fighting and, and having that discussion of that conversation. Well, Diogo, can you give us any idea of what you see coming up next for you or the Convention of States team in Oklahoma? Sure. Yeah. So, um, you know, I'm lucky to have your great, um, very engaged team uh, with our uh, state director, John Quinn, and uh, grassroots uh, coordinator, Becky. Um, uh, I'm very excited. I just, uh, like I said, I just became a U.S. citizen late last year, very proudly. Um, and I was actually based outside of Oklahoma. I was in New York City. Um, and this situation um, um, with COVID allowed me to work from home. And so I moved up here. Um, and, um, um, and joined Convention of States um, um, to get engaged and create this grass movement uh, or, or to you know, continue uh, strengthening this grassroots movement. And so my plan is to start small uh, with friends and family and engaging with organizations here locally, church, uh, because, you know, that's the, it's the most, the strongest movements um, on earth, whether it's in a democracy or not, are real grassroots movements. Uh, we all have the power to, uh, you know, um, change someone else's lives um, by teaching them, um, you know, uh, certain values that, that, that will make them happier. Um, sounds cliche, but, you know, the values of, the, the traditional values of um, understanding that, you know, you're not alone, uh, that God is love, uh, that we should love our neighbors, that we should respect our fathers, um, um, our parents and, and our forefathers. Um, those are all values that make someone live a happy life rather than, you know, hedonism and drugs and, um, you know, free sex and um, all these values that, um, that the left really uh, advocates for. Uh, so those are my plans. Hmm. Great. Well, Andrew, before we close out, I almost forgot, but we should give Diogo and the Oklahoma team another shout out for their huge legislative win this year in extending their COS resolution indefinitely with the Dr. Tom Coburn legislation. Yeah, that was very important. And uh, it's thanks to grassroots supporters in Oklahoma who are continuing with the uh, with this movement, even though they are a past state. And it goes back to what you were saying, Diego, Diogo, that you have to continue 
grassroots activism that you're not finished once you pass the CRS resolution in your state. Diogo, thank you so much for joining us. It was an absolute pleasure getting to talk with you and get your perspective. Um, we uh, thank you that you took some time out of your busy schedule to uh, share with us in the audience uh, your perspective on what's going on in the United States right now. Thank you. My pleasure. We are going to transition now to the Article 5 Trivia Giveaway with Mike Ruthenberg, who has the answer. All right, Andrew, I'm back. Great show. Thanks so much for covering the ground that needs to be covered today. I love the fact that you guys are right at the very cutting edge of the news. And it's time for me to reveal what the answer is to our great trivia question of the day. By the way, producer G makes all these questions and they're so smart. He makes me look smart. Maybe for all this time you thought, oh yeah, well, Mike thinks of all these questions. Well, no, it's producer G and he deserves all the credit. He does such a great job on this show and all the prep, not just the trivia. So if you recall back to the beginning of the show, or maybe you weren't here, you got a little bit busy and didn't get here, but many of us remember that one of our greatest champions was Mark Levin, and he wrote this book, The Liberty Amendments. Again, I recommend you read it if you haven't read it before. And we're giving away one of these term limits t-shirts to the person who answered this question first at the COS store. Remember, you can go there if you didn't win and get it from COS, excuse me, Convention of States, St well, boy, I forgot. Well, you can definitely go to conventionofstates.com slash store, or you can go to shopconventionofstates.com in order to get a shirt. But in either case, there was another 20th century thinker that wrote a best-selling book that offered several amendments that would unleash the American economy. How nice would that be right about now? But they would also be germane to our call for a convention under our legislation. And the answer to that, the name of the book was Free to Choose, and the author, the great Milton Friedman. I hope you remember Milton Friedman, what a great economist he was, what a great conservative thinker he was, and he also wrote a book that is supporting Convention of States or the Article 5 idea and movement. So there's your answer for today. Now back to you, Andrew and Rita to wrap it up. Thanks, Mike. Well, look at the rising prices. Look at the economic turmoil that we are experiencing right now. It should be unsettling, but know that there is a plan. Even though we're seeing uh, rising inflation, even though we're seeing um, we're seeing lost uh, we're seeing lost jobs and we're not seeing the economic recovery that we want to see. The solution is still an Article 5 convention of states. It's not just showing up every two to four years to vote in a presidential election cycle. No, getting the right is not going to this problem. The next person in office is not going to be able to restore the republic. It's going to take you. It's going to take me. It's going to take us. We, the people, are going to restore the republic by calling the very first Article 5 Convention of States. This is the solution as big as the problem. And the best part, the founders gave it to us in Article 5 of the Constitution. Yes, we are using the Constitution to save the Constitution. And we are hard at work trying to uh, equip American men and women to reclaim their self-governance by calling this convention, where we could limit the size, scope, jurisdiction of the federal government. Term limits will be on the table. Fiscal restraints will be on the table. Um, there will also be uh, um, reduction of the federal government's jurisdiction. That will be on the table as well. 
So make sure that you join this movement. We need you. We need we the people engaged in this fight for liberty. One of the most amazing positions within Convention of States is the district captain position. This is an essential um, role that we have at Convention of States. And if you are ready to take the next step, if you're just like, all right, I've been watching Convention of States, these Facebook Lives, I've been, I've been checking in to, uh, uh, and, and seeing uh, Rita and Andrew talk about this solution, but I wanna do something more. Well, go to, take, uh, go to our take action page at conventionofstates.com, become a district captain. District captains are the backbone of this movement. They are the on the ground soldiers who are forwarding the cause of liberty. Make a difference by becoming a district captain. And also share the petition. Sign the petition, share the petition, share it with your friends and family. This is the great way to raise awareness about the solution that the founders gave us. And Rita, where can they go when it comes to social media? They can follow us on Rumble, MeWe, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Parler, and Instagram. So don't forget to do that today if you haven't already. You can also text the word START to 54555. That'll let you bypass big tech and make sure you receive important news and messages from COS. Check out the battle cry with COS President Mark Meckler. That's Sunday nights at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. And we'll see you back here next Tuesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time for another edition of COS Live. Now it's time for you and me to get back to work because we have a country to save. And remember, if you're looking for the person who's going to save the Republic, hold up a mirror. Thank you for watching. This has been the podcast version of COS Live, originally broadcast on Convention of States Facebook and Convention of States Project YouTube. Check out more content at conventionofstates.com slash pod. Thank you for listening.